I feel his presence this morning in the house. And I was compelled as I began to study this week to read you something and to help you understand where we're at today. I thought about the phrase, in God we trust. In God we trust is the official motto of the United States of America. It was adopted by the U.S. Congress in 1956 and has been the initial design since 1776. The earliest mention of the phrase can be found in the middle 18th century. The origin of the phrase as a political model uh, lies in the American Civil War where the Union supporters wanted to emphasize the attachment to God and to boost morale. They capitalized the phrase, in God we trust, the first time in 1864 when it appeared on a two-cent piece. It was printed on paper currency around the year 1957, and it was also printed on some stamps in 1954. A law was passed in July of 1955 by the joint resolution of the 84th Congress and was approved by President Dwight Eisenhower that it was required in God we trust to, appro- to appear on all American currency. Two years later, the phrase was used on paper money for the first time, updated on the $1 silver certificate that entered circulation on October the 1st, 1957. Several states have also mandated and authorized the issue in public institutions and schools. While Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi have incorporated the phrase as their state motto. The motto has also been used in some cases in other countries most notably, Nicaragua. Ain't that amazing? The motto remains popular among the American public according to the 2003 joint poll by the USA Today and CNN. 90% of Americans support the inscription in God we trust on U.S. coins and currency in a 2000. 19 student poll by college students showed that 53% supported its inclusion in the currency. But some groups of people in the United States, however, object to its contingency. Lord help us. They say that it is a religious reference violating the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. These groups believe that the phrase should be removed from currency and public property, which has resulted in numerous lawsuits. The New Hampshire Supreme Court, as well as the 2nd, 4th, 6th, 8th, 9th, and 10th Circuit, have all upheld the motto consistently in various settings. The Supreme Court has discussed the motto and footnotes, but have never directly ruled on its compliance with the Constitution. I want to tell you this morning in Psalms 9, 17, 
The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell in all nations that forget God. Let me read that again. The wicked shall be turned into hell in all nations that forget God. Let me give you a quote from one of our former presidents. It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and to humbly implore the protection and favor of God. This was written by President George Washington. That's why today, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you a message entitled, In God We Trust. I'm glad in God we trust still today. Many have tried to put it underfoot, put it out, and stomp it out. They have tore down our monuments. monuments. They have made fun of our government. They have made fun of our religious rights. And they would do all they could to stop every bit of it. But I'm glad for a few good men and women that still love God and still love this country. If you believe that today, would you stand with me and let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Number one, in God we trust. I trust God for his provision this morning. I know what God can do for us. And we as a people must trust him for that. We can see it in verse 25 through 26 when he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, and what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Ye are not much. He said, listen, you are much better than the fowls of the air. If he can provide for them, he'll definitely provide for you. He's our provision this morning. Over in Psalms 84, verse 11, the Bible says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly before God. I trust the Lord this morning. I'm trusting in God. I'm glad to have in God we trust on our money. I'm glad to have in God I trust on my heart this morning. That's what I'm glad of this morning. You ought to feel good this morning to know we're still trusting in God. We're still living for God. We're still representing God. I'm glad our flag still stands for God. It don't stand for anything else. It stands for the freedom that we got in this country. Men and women have died on the battlefield, shed their blood, give the ultimate cause that you and I could be here this morning. But his greatest sacrifice is that is, I get to thinking about way back at the cross of Calvary when before the flag was ever put together, before the red stripes was ever put on, before we ever seen the star spangled banner. I'm glad there's one. We took an old rugged cross and paid the price. In God, I'm going to trust this morning. Why? Because he's my provision. 
Amen. He's my provision. And why is he my provision? I can see it over in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Here's what he tells us to do. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. What is that? That's where you abide at the church, where you belong at. He says that they may be meat in my house and prove me. I'm glad that the Lord ain't got a problem for us proving him, amen. If we'll bring our tithes into the storehouse, don't clam up on me this morning. If we'll bring our tithes into the storehouse, he said I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't hardly contain. I'll tell you what you can't do is you can't outgive God. Amen. Why? Because he's our provision. I want to bless him for how he's blessed me. Amen. And I give to the Lord because he's given to me. He's never not given to me, but I've sometimes not given to him. He's given more to me than I'll ever give to him. I said he's given more to me than I've ever given to him. He said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You might have been sitting up last night biting your fingernails, chewing on your toenails, worrying about how he's gonna pay this and do that. But I'm gonna tell you what, if you'll seek him first in your life, he'll work it all out, amen. He'll work it out. Why? Because in God we trust. I was never so disappointed in my life as when I went down to get tags this time for my vehicle and I got asked the question, do you want in God we trust on your tag or not? I looked at that woman like she was from the moon. I said, are you kidding me? She said, I have to ask. So you know what gets me curious now? <laughs> I'm driving down the road. I'm looking. Lord bless that vehicle right there. They're not trusted, but I'm praying that they'll realize that you're a loving God. Don't be ashamed of what he's done for you. Don't fool with me. I'll print it down all the each side of my vehicle and become a billboard for the Lord. I'm that bold, amen. I'm not ashamed of the old flag. I'm not ashamed to be an American. I'm not ashamed to trust in God. I'm not ashamed to call him my Lord and Savior. I'm not ashamed to be a child of the King. I want to hold the banner up and say, yes, I trust in God. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. We're going to one heaven. I said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're going to the same heaven, amen. those that trust in God <laughs> but guess what I got good news for those that don't you can before this service is over you may be watching this program after it's all over with you may say are we live right now yes we are you may watch this 10 years from now if we're still here. I still believe God, amen. We need to trust in him. We need not to be ashamed. We need to stand up as red-blooded Americans and be proud of this flag and what we stand for. Buy one, put it on your home. Put a sticker on your car. But most of all, be a child of God, amen, above everything. One thing I, I told him this morning, we come in early, we was talking about persecution from the world. I got bold one time about, I preached a message in front of about 2,000 people how God was greater than the flag. Boy, I got some controversy over that. 
you mean you're putting the flag down? You're putting our troops down? I said, when it comes to God, he's first and foremost. Let me step in my home for just a minute. I love my wife and I love my daughter, but the Lord is first in our home. I'll go to him before I'll go to them. I'll spend time with him before I will them. And if I'll put him first, he'll make plenty of time for me to spend with them. Amen. Sometimes we get our priorities mixed up. You can get so busy doing nothing, you will never accomplish anything. I'm so busy going to and fro and trying to do all this stuff and, you, and I'm trying to save the world and, do the, and your home's falling apart. Everything in your life's falling apart. You're so busy you can't look up and the devil's sitting in the corner laughing and twirling his hands saying, look at him now. And when the time comes, they say, do you believe in God? Surely not me. Are you asking me that? Yes, we're asking you that. Well, I, I go to church. I didn't ask if you went to church. Do you believe in God? You may be put to the test this week. I've never seen a time like the time we're in. I told a young family this week that I was talking with. Me and Brother Earl had a great opportunity to, to do some counseling this week, and we were talking to this young family, and we told them, said, we're praying for you. They got little ones about this big and got one they're holding in their arms. And I said, Lord, help you for what them youngins are going to have to go through. I, I didn't go through this kind of persecution that we're facing right now when I was a kid. You know, I remember going to school and when they had the felt board. Remember the felt board? And they tell a Bible story and stick the character. I, we loved it. <laughs> we just watch and learn. And they tell us about Jesus. She put that stuff up. I'm talking about public school. And I loved every minute of it. We couldn't wait. We sat on the floor and watch why she put the felt thing. And you all, I know you young people looking at me like I'm crazy. But it was before all the iPads and the, and the phones and all that. And they put it up on the felt. We couldn't wait till she got the next character out, put it up, and began to tell us about going to Calvary. <laughs> And here's who died on the cross. And she'd put up a cross and there was Jesus. And she would explain it and talk about how to love God in the public school. Somehow we have veered way off track. God told me to tell you this week, he's your provision. He's the one doing it, not you. Over in Philippians 419, he says, for he said, for my God. <laughs> Nobody else but mine. Okay, let's get personal this morning. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Man, that's good stuff right there. That ain't called just getting by. That's called bringing you out of the hospital when they give up on you to die. When they done made the funeral plans and said, he's out of here, and God said, wait a minute, I still got a need for that man right there. And right there he sits. That's the way God works. God's not in our time, and it's all about his time. In God, we trust. When the doctor says there's no way, God says, watch this. I'm the provision maker here. I'll take care of this. And God meets the need. 
Not only is he our provision, but he's our protection. Now, I felt a little bit when I was studying this this week because of what went on in Kentucky. And Kentucky folks are my home folks. That's where I was raised, and I, I love Kentucky. I saw where these police officers lost their life. But there's something about when you put the uniform on. I've got a uniform on this morning. When I put this uniform on, I put it on to represent God. I put it on knowing that I'm going to face the heat of the battle. And there's a possibility I may lose my life with this uniform on. But you know what? When I came to know the Lord, I enlisted in a battle. I didn't enter a cakewalk. I entered a battle. And he handed me this uniform and I put it on and I said, yes, Lord, I'll stand for you. But I got to thinking about our servicemen and these men that lost their life this week. They got up this week and put their uniform on, willing to fight for their country, willing to fight for their communities, fight for their towns, and fight for their families. And if them men could stand before us today, they'd be telling you today they're glad they could wear the uniform. They were glad they could do their job. Yes, it's sad. Yes, I hate they lost their life. But there's a risk you take when you put the uniform on. You're wearing a uniform too. If you're a child of God, you're wearing a uniform this morning. You're a representation of the kingdom of God. He knows who you are, what you are, and where you stand. You are wearing a uniform. But can I tell you this morning, he is your protection. As sad as this situation is, I know God is going to take care of this family and these families, and he's going to meet their needs and help them through this difficult time. In verse 31 and 32, listen what he said. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whether withal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. That hit home to me when I read that. I get so wrapped up in things that I want and things I want to do that I lose vision and focus on what God really wants out of my life. He's, he's made provisions for me. He's now protecting me, but yet I want to do it my way. We are stepping out from the shield of God when we want to do it our way. We're still wearing the uniform, but just like a good fighter, they're trained to get behind things and use things to help protect them against the enemy. But when you lay that stuff down and get out in the open, you are an open target. When you step out of the will of God, out of his protection, not following his will, not coming to church, not doing what you need to do for God. I talked to a gentleman and said, wow, I said, brother, won't you come back to church? We just fell out of the need to and the want to. You know what happens when you do that? You step right out in the open. And the devil goes. And he gets you. And he hurts you bad. Then you know what they do? 
Oh, my life is so bad. Everything's so bad. Pray for me, Pastor. How bad it is. We can't hardly make it. I thought so-and-so's died. Pray for us. We need God. What happened in trusting in God? Following his provision. Living in his protection. Getting quiet in here now. Trust me, I had to live this before you did. When we get out of his protection, we become an open target. And we're saying, you know what, God, I don't need that. I don't need your protection. I'll do it my way. And I say it week after week. He's such a perfect gentleman. Brother Tony, he'll say, go right ahead. There you go. And when you get knocked down and the devil runs over you like a truck and tears you all to pieces, you're as low as you can get. I'm glad that God don't come over and say, I told you so. But he picks you up. He <laughs> just y'all. Puts his arms of love around you. Say, now come on. Come back over here my protection. And he puts you right back where you need to be. And he straightens you up. And you get the uniform right again and get your focus right. I'm telling you this morning, we need to listen to God, trust in God for his protection. In John 16, 33, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that you may have peace. In this world, you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> That's what the Lord wants. He wants you to have peace and joy and love in your life, protection and provision. He wants these things for you, but he ain't going to force himself on you. Think about where you're sitting this moment. You're not worried about somebody coming in here and killing you. You feel comfortable. You're in your church. You're under good singing and anointed singing and, and a good choir leader and, and preaching and good people and family. and Man, it's wonderful. In a split second, it could be all over. It could all be done. It could be all gone. What would you do then? Would you live for God? Or would you just quit and lay down? That's not his will. In Psalms 147, verse 3, He healeth the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. I'm hurt. I've talked to people this week. It's a church hurt. They can't raise their head. I've been let down. Churches have let me down. Preachers have let me down. All these things have let me down. Were you living for them? Or are you living for him? You ain't listening to this scripture. He said in this world, right now, who you are right now, you're going to have problems. Things are going to happen. People are going to die that you love. Well, if God was so good, he would stop them from dying. That ain't his word. You know why I know that? Because he said it was once appointed unto man to die. And after this, the judgment. I'm telling you this morning, Brother David, me and you going to die. We don't know when, but we're going to die. 
We live as though we're never going to die. And when it does come, we act like we're shocked that it came. When he's given us 66 books to go by saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, I'm coming. Your days are short. You need to pay attention. Three score and ten. You know what that is? Seventy years. If you live past 70 years, you're blessed of God. Every day is a blessing. That's given of God just an extra benefit every single day. But someday soon, it's going to come to an end. He is our provision. He is our protector. But I trust in God for his promises. <laughs> I'm talking about real promises. Brother Jason, I may make you a promise and break it. And it'll break your heart when I do it. Or you may do that to me. But we serve one. <laughs> me and you are brothers and we serve one that will never, ever break his promise. He's made a promise, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go all the way with you. Even down to the end of the world, I'm going with you. When your world is over with, when your time is over with, I'll be right there. And you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to reach out. I'm going to take you by the hand. I ain't never been on the other side of that yet, but I've looked in their eyes. <laughs> and they get that heavenly locked on vision. You can talk to them all day long, but they're locked on. Why? Because they're seeing another world is what it is. That promise that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. That promise of trusting in God pays off. Amen. It pays off. How's that pay off? Because of verse 33. When he said, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Put the Lord first. These things, these things he's talking about in this chapter, your clothing, your needs, your food, your children, your wife, your husband, all these that you're so worried about, put them in my hands. Right. Seek me first, and all this will work out. But we have a hard time because our news is telling us not to trust God. Our world is telling us not to trust God. Churches are falling apart everywhere. They're taking on all kinds of things. They've dropped the standards. They're, they're celebrating sin like it's something to celebrate. They're calling uh, good evil and evil good. Did he not say in the last days that's the way it'd be? He says when all these things come to pass, look up. I'm coming, amen. It's what he's saying. But yet we're sitting around with our blinders on like nothing's happening. I was glad to see in the last couple of weeks things start turning around just a little bit. God's give us a blessing. When this Roe verse Wade thing turned upside down, I praise the Lord for it. I'm glad God's doing it. You shouldn't be political from the pulpit. I'm not. I'm preaching you the word this morning. Anybody who stands for abortion is not a child of God. I'm not for killing babies. God ain't scratching his head up in heaven going, there's too many people. We need to figure out a way. Let's have abortion and kill babies. I'm glad he made the world to hold them from the beginning to the end. He knows how this thing works. Me and you don't. We need to trust God. Are we trusting in God this morning? Or are we trusting in our will? There's some people going to stand before God 
and give an account. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He says, For I know thy thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. So he can give you an expected end. Me and my wife was talking yesterday. You know what I want? I'm 52 years old. I just want to finish well. I've got less days before me than I do behind me, and I know it. I know it. So I just want to finish well. You young people got your whole life ahead of you. I was there two days ago, it seemed like. I was 16 years old. Brother Todd, does it not feel that way? Just a few days ago, I was 16 years old with the whole world before me going, man, I can't wait to do my thing. And I went to sleep one night and woke up, and I'm 52 years old. And you that are older than me, I know you feel the same way. The Bible says your life is but a vapor upon the water. It appeareth just for a little while and then vanishes away. Are you trusting in God? Are you trusting him today in his promise? Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, and he's a faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to thousands of generations. By keeping his promises, he's blessing the generations. More and more and more, he's blessing the generations. But we're living in a generation that don't trust in God no more. But I aim to tell you this morning, if we're going to see the blessings of God, we have got to trust him for the provisions in our lives. We've got to trust him for the protection in our life and trust him for the promises he's made to us. Let me give you this last scripture this morning. One of my favorite. It's Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. <laughs> I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That comes from verse 33, seeking him first. Pastor, I've been out of the will of God. I've not been seeking him first. You know how God works? Bryson, come up here. I'm going to show you exactly how God works. Bryson's going to represent you all. I want you to walk around this pulpit. I'm going to play God for a minute. This is the way it works. It doesn't matter where he goes. Go anywhere you want to go. Don't run off and leave me now. The Lord promised he'd go with him. No matter where you go, he said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to stick closer to you than a brother. I'm going to walk hand in hand with you. We're going to have a good old time. You can go back to your seat. And that's the way it is. That's what he wants for your life. He wants to go with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to trust him.